You're listening to Disruptive Dialogues on the Future of Religion. Our aim is to provide listeners tools for a conversation on how religion is changing and being affected by society. I'm your co-host, Troy Shepard. I'm an app developer and a business entrepreneur and a researcher on cultural trends related to religion and community. And I'm your co-host, Dr. Heidi Campbell, a professor of communication at Texas A&M University, where I study the intersection of religion, media, and digital technology. Welcome, and let's dive into today's conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Disruptive Dialogues on the Future of Religion. Uh, today, it's my pleasure to speak with one of my colleagues and um, students that I work with at Texas A&M, Grace Jones. Um, Grace is a newly minted ABD in the Department of History at Texas A&M. And she also has a really interesting area of research. She's studying aeronautical technologies specifically um, and looking at kind of how themes of religion and especially during the 1950s, the space race and the religious narratives to hatch to that um, influenced how people in religious groups, especially Christianity, saw technology and um, the future of technology. So Grace, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, it's good to be here. So Grace and I um, worked on an article together, which kind of overlaps on kind of some of her research interests and a lot of my research on um, uh, religion in the church. And the chapter was called, When the Church Embraced a Post-Human Future how pastoral negotiations with technology during the COVID-19 pandemic resulted in an implicit acceptance of post-humanism. That sure is a mouthful. So um, Grace, could you start out um, and give our listeners just a a user-friendly overview of the focus of this article? Yeah, so this chapter draws on evidence from a research study exploring how the 2020 pandemic affected the church and specifically pastors' views of technology. Um, It largely frames their engagement with technology when, you know, most companies and corporations had to go, you know, had to transition into an online method due to restrictions in the workplace, while the church also had to do this as well. It had to do with uh, something similar to, you know, how churches went from, you know, into an online method of worship service or prayer or Bible study or any kind of ministry um, that was used in a in a digitized space and online methods. This chapter surveys and discusses how this kind of technological transition points towards religious groups beginning or in a inadvertently accepting the fundamentals of a post-human future? Well, thank you for for that. It was looking at specifically some of my research that um, was how pastors responded, especially to technology in 2020, but it overlapped nicely with both our our research interests in that it looked at this general field of kind of how religion and technology kind of um, interact and just how that relationship is seen. Um, and, you know, both in, from a historical perspective, looking at the relationship of religion technology or looking at a media perspective, religion and technology is something often framed as being kind of adversarial or kind of in a tense relationship. Um, from, you know, from your reading and research, why is that? Why is religion and technology seem to be kind of at odds with one another? So I think it, it kind of goes back to the idea that when it comes to the church and science, there's kind of this idea of a conflict uh, there. And where that conflict lies is historically is it lies between this idea of you have to choose one or the other. 
And the way I've kind of had to see this is because technology is, you know, it comes out of science. I think there's a skepticism towards science or or technology in general um, because it comes from the field of science. Um, Or at least we've seen, you know, clashes historically, like with the, the scopes trial in 1925, you know, we see, we, we saw that, um, you know, with the uh, debates of evolution versus creationism. So I think it kind of goes back to those old debates. And then we're seeing it again, we're just seeing it in, in a new way when we're faced with different technologies. That's a good point that this relationship between religion and technology being a tense one is rooted into a larger frame of the world of, of science and, um, and how science is often held as suspicion because it's seen as kind of this field outside of religion, outside of religious discourse. And so it's something to be um, viewed as like to be held at a kind of arm's length. And we, we saw that even before um, you know the pandemic, a lot of churches kind of would look at not just um, issues of science, but kind of contemporary technology as mm, that's something that we should kind of be suspect. You know, maybe it's trying to kind of seduce us or take over our, you know, our control in some way. Um, But the pandemic kind of forced people to engage with technology, um, which we'll talk about, you know, it's been both a positive and a challenging thing. But um, in this space where kind of, especially pastors learning to talk about technology in maybe a more positive way and being more open to engaging with it um, during the pandemic, um, this discourse kind of emerged in this area of what's called post-humanism. Post-humanism is, the, is a, an academic kind of perspective of how of the relationship between humanity and technology. And it's an area that academics have grown interested in because a lot of our kind of our tech policy um, on, on a governmental level and um, in legislative matters, it adopts this kind of narrative about what role technology should play in life, how we should embrace technology, especially. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners haven't heard about this term post-humanism. So, you know, if you were to try to explain it, what, what is post-humanism and why might people be interested in or maybe concerned about this concept, especially when it comes to religion and technology? So I think post-humanism can be defined in a number of of ways. I think it can be presented as a philosophical point of view, or it can be used as this emergent state of being that seeks to redefine what humanity will look like or the future of humanity. I, I would look at it as this kind of like ethical claim to the effect that technological enhancement of human capabilities is the desirable aim or a aim. So the evolvement of human. So in in other words, we are looking at an updated version of humanity and the technologies that either enhance it or surround it. And that's, that's where I sit with that definition, because I, I feel like there's there's kind of a number of different ways we can understand it or define it or look at it, especially as technology keeps evolving and keeps moving and we are moving with it. And so if, you know, post-humanity is, is kind of approach that is kind of seeing, like you use that phrase, humanity 2.0, the argument that humanity is becoming something more than it is right now <laughs> with this flesh and technology is kind of basically merging with our human beingness and taking us somewhere, you know, so in a minor way, it could just be kind of like, you know, the, the nanotechnologies that, and, and nanotechnology medicine that's helping improve our bodies or to the extreme, you know, it's the cyborgs and, and the humans, you know, bringing downloading into computers. So there's kind of a whole kind of spectrum of what post-humanism is. 
so to what extent or, or why do you think especially it's an interesting concept, but also it's a problematic concept? In relationship to religion? Yes. So I think that with being human and with, I think, um, more along the idea of fear of the unknown and what will happen with a post-human future, it starts getting into territory that could be viewed as more theological or maybe people can view it as we're taking fate or the fate of humanity into our own hands instead of putting our faith and fate in the hands of something else or something greater. Um, So I think that there's more of a concern there with how certain churches can be cautious of this type of thinking. And that's kind of where I sit with that. (laughs) So, you know, this post-humanism is this kind of worldview of that, you know, we should embrace technology and just basically bring it into our our bodies, we'll bring it into our kind of our daily lives and then just let us go where it takes it. in some ways that, you know, that, that kind of describes the, the modern kind of state that we're in. You know, so many people feel in an information digital society that, you know, we've been wrapped in media and it's just taking us along for a ride. Um, so the post-human are people kind of going to the extent to which, hey, the post-human is where we're heading, this state where we're not quite human and we're technologized and we're, you know, going to become something more. It's not all that surprising in some ways. But yet it's still, um, it causes, you know, us to kind of pause, um, you know, to kind of think about, you know, well, if, if people are starting with this as a philosophical concept, but they're buying into it, you know, in what ways might posthumanism actually look like religion itself, you know, because it's based on some truth claims, it's based on some, you know, assumptions about the world, you know, so especially from what the reading that you've done about posthumanism, how could it be seen as a religion itself, you know, what's being kind of worshipped there, and, you know, what in interactions does posthumanism, how's it touch on religious kind of ideas or values? So, and in, in some of the research that I've done on this, technology and faith are relatively similar because they require us to think differently about ourselves, where we are, and the world in general. Technology and faith are similar because as a society, I think we are we grow dependent on it, especially moving forward or looking back. And, and I think that the this idea of being dependent on something to get us either tools for survival or general use or just where we want to go, there's this kind of very interesting blend between the two of them. Um, but in a lot of the research that I've done, I found that there's, there's kind of this dependency on you know, technology and faith, and they're relatively similar. Yeah, I think that's a good point, because, you know, in some ways, you know, technology, in, at least in the post-human worldview, is, seen, is framed to be something very positive, or at least kind of neutral. And so, yeah. you know, you, when we grab we grab it, it's not going to take us in a bad direction. That's the assumption. It's going to take us to a good place, human progress, developing our minds, developing our bodies to be stronger and more resilient. How, how can that be a bad thing? Um, but in mm-hmm. some ways, it's putting that kind of, yeah, instead of like, look, you know, religion puts God or a divinity at the center of the world, and that being kind of that, what gives us meaning or purpose, that, that's kind of replaced with technology in many ways. Yeah. And, you know, that's where kind of like, you know, uh, that we engage with this idea of posthumanism in this article. And it, this kind of uh, brings it back to this whole idea of, well, so how does posthumanism have anything to do with pastors using technology? during the pandemic. 
Well, I made the argument to you and you seem to kind of see like, I can see where that's, that's going, that um, you know, some of these pastors, when they had to kind of explain to their congregations why they're going to go online or especially justify why we need to keep doing this during the pandemic, they use a lot of language about technology that really sounded similar to some of the things that these post-human scholars and post-humanists um, kind of said about why technology is important. We kind of note in the article, you have some, some quotes um, that talk about how technology uh, really empowered people, um, but the empowerment wasn't just like, oh, it helped us out, but it actually, it's something to be kind of viewed as, as even more than a gift of, of God um, in many respects. And so where there's this kind of promotion of technology language, started to dance on the edge of kind of this post-human discourse. So from, you know, going back and thinking about the research and the, and the claims and arguments we made, in what ways did you see that the pastor's discussions about temp technology might have kind of promoted or seen in line with some of these post-human views of technology that we talked about? Well, I think there's, so there's a couple of different things. I think the first thing is that there was, when the idea was first kind of brought forward, there was definitely, I think, some hesitation or maybe some even resistance to the idea of transitioning to an online method of what would be normally thought of as traditional church service. So I think that there were there was also another view to it where pastors were kind of looking at bringing these aspects of using digital technology as a long-term investment, something that they could actually bring in permanently instead of it being just a temporary solution to the global pandemic. So I think that when you start looking at, you know, the idea of online church, uh, online church is able to kind of surpass the boundaries of the natural world. You know, it's building relationships, it's building community that's beyond ourselves, like our human body form. And I think that that's where it kind of touches on these elements of going beyond or going into, you know, this human 2.0 idea that posthumanism gives us. And I think that these ideas, they were, you know, presented with hesitation when the church did, uh, or when some churches did, you know, decide to, to transition to online methods. But the majority reason for that was that was the only way some churches would survive. Mm -hmm. So they had to go online. And in doing that, some churches you realized, you know, technology isn't necessarily an adversary. It is a tool and a means of getting the scripture or messages or community in the digital space. And it completely transforms the traditional into the online world. And I think that when you're going into digital technology, you're kind of allowing this bridge between our physical world and the post-human one. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I found interesting is that image kind of, like you said, of the bridge that, you know, oftentimes, you know, we tend to focus on one side of the bridge or the other. And and I think religious leaders do too. It's either let's focus on the religion side. And so we're going to vilify technology, technology bad, or we're going to focus on the technology side. Of, look, wow, this is what it's going to do for us. And this is what it did for us during the pandemic. And so we should you know, hold on to this at maybe the expense of kind of what faith and value. So 
a lot of church leaders really struggle with kind of how do I have a balanced view of technology? You know, how do I not just vilify it, but how do I not just kind of praise it and give maybe an unrealistic or a problematic place in our church, in our community, in our worldview? So if you were going to kind of give advice to kind of people trying to say, well, how do you have a balanced view of technology? Or like, what things do you need to keep in mind so you don't go toward those extremes when you think about religion and technology? In what ways can they be balanced or kind of cohabitate together? I think it kind of goes back to when you're looking at the, the nature of balancing technology and in our own daily lives, you know, there's obviously a tendency where we feel like we're looking at a screen, you know, more than we're looking at our ourselves. So I think where I try to give advice is technology is an incredible tool. And I think that like with all things, there, there are limitations to it, you know, such as being online for all hours of the day, I would not recommend. I would say there has to be some guidelines or maybe limitations to it. But I, I, I do think that it is an important tool moving forward to utilize in our uh, daily lives and our work lives. And I think just the ability to communicate in a digital space has completely it's, I mean, it's completely transformed my life, especially being a graduate student during this time frame when I had to transition from a traditional degree to, you know, almost a virtual degree, if that makes sense. But I, I also think that there has to be a balance of maybe some tradition, you know, traditional methods of learning or traditional methods of interacting with people. Um, as, as opposed to the general space. It is about balance. I, I will say that I think that there needs to be boundaries on both sides of that equation. We've been talking today with um, Grace Jones. She's a PhD candidate at Texas A&M University in the History Department, doing some interesting research that we might come back to at some point on aeronautics, technology, and religion. Um, and Thank you so much today for helping us and our listeners understand a little bit more about kind of the complexities, you know, that religion and technology have in their relationship and just what role the posthumanism is playing in current kind of discussions about how religion and technology can sit beside each other and play nice. So thanks. Thank you. The chapter that we talked about, again, um, the title is When the Church Embraced a Post-Human Future. That's coming out in a book early fall 2022 called Post-Digital Theologies, Technology, Belief, and Practice, edited by John Reeder and Maggie Saban-Badden. So look out for that, and thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, and if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified of future podcasts. And be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite platform or share it with your friends. We hope you're leaving today with a better understanding about religion and conversational tools to talk about it. We look forward to seeing you again in our next episode. So until then, take, take care. care.